Good morning. Welcome to Lighthouse Bible Church online. Today, we celebrate together the greatest event to happen in human history, and that is the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we got some other great news today that uh, of answered prayers. Pastor John went home on Wednesday, and uh, we'll continue without patient therapy. It looks like uh, he'll be back teaching very soon, so keep his family, him and his family in prayers uh, that his recovery will continue and be complete as he, as he still has a ways to go. So let's open in prayer this morning. Father, we come before you with overwhelming gratitude for the gift of eternal life through the free gift you, re- you provided for all who believe through the death and resurrection of Christ. Thank you for answering our prayers for Pastor John. We pray for his continued recovery for his family and blessings of health and prosperity on Lighthouse Bible Church, our congregation, their families, and community. Father, we pray also for the healing and comfort of Joyce, Dale, and Lorraine and their families in their time of distress. We pray for our country and for all people affected by this virus, for healthcare workers, essential service workers, and that a treatment or vaccine will be developed soon. We also pray that uh, people who are out of work will be able to return soon. Please bless all of us and prepare our minds and hearts today as we seek to learn more about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen. So, as you all know, each month we feature a different missionary organization that we pray for and send support as a church. Um, And this month, as you know, it is um, um, Basic Training Bible Ministries, the ministry of Jean and Ann Cunningham. They've been all over the world teaching and training indigenous pastors, evangelizing and planting churches in India, Australia, China, Myanmar, Peru, and other places. And they are truly wonderful, dedicated servants of our Lord and deserving of all of our support in their missionary efforts. So you can donate online at uh, www.basictraining.org or uh, you can send them a check. And so you can find their address online, or you can email me and I'll, uh, or call me and I'll give it to you. Okay, thanks. Um, all right, well, today we're going to talk about a death-defying act, and that is we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We've all read and heard about the events leading up to the resurrection, the betrayal of Jesus by Judas, Uh, the trials he endured before the priests and uh, Pilate and then Herod, the flogging and the crown of thorns by the soldiers. We remember his painful suffering and death on the cross to pay the price for the sins of, of man and then his burial in the tomb and finally his resurrection. Today, we will focus on Christ's resurrection and what it means for us believers and how it can challenge unbelievers to make a decision for Christ. The Bible has truly a wealth of information on this death-defying act that sealed the fate of all believers in Christ. 
the resurrection of Christ from the dead was perfect, just as our Heavenly Father designed it to fulfill his plan to save mankind and defeat sin, Satan, and the world and death. Jesus' resurrection is at the very core of the gospel of Christianity and is prophesied in all the gospels. Each of the four gospels of the New Testament, which were written by different authors, testify that Jesus was resurrected. There are also thousands of manuscripts, some dating back to the actual time period, testifying to the truth about the resurrection, as well as 2,000 years of church history founded on the resurrection of Christ. Christianity could not exist without the truth of the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus' resurrection did not happen, then there would be no Christianity. Three facts provide the strongest evidence that the resurrection occurred. One is the empty tomb of Jesus. Secondly, the appearance of Jesus to his disciples. And thirdly, the foundation of the Christian faith, which has been going on for 2,000 years. All of that depends on Christ's resurrection. If it is a fact that the tomb was empty three days after his death and burial, if in fact he did appear physically to his disciples and others after his death and burial, and if the foundation of the Christian faith cannot be satisfactorily explained apart from his resurrection, then it is beyond a reasonable doubt that Jesus really did rise from the dead. The Jewish leaders did their best to prevent the theft of Jesus' body, but but they overdid it, and because of it, provided perfect proof of the empty tomb, and so the resurrection of Jesus. Even against their own will, the enemies of Jesus testified to the truth. All the proof that exists concerning the tomb on that first day of the week and thereafter shows that the tomb was empty. The empty tomb is a dramatic witness of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus prophesied his own death and resurrection. One example is found in Matthew chapter 20, verses 17 through 19, also in Luke 9:22. And these verses I'm going to put up on the slides. Um, there's a lot of verses we're going to go through today, and they're not all going to be on the slides, so I'll try to let you know and give you time to turn there. I know I, I go too fast sometimes. Okay, in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 17, as Jesus was about to go up to Jerusalem, he took 12 disciples aside by themselves, and on the way he said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and will hand him over to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and crucify him. On the third day he will be raised up. So there's the first prophecy. And then in Luke 9.22, Jesus said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and and be killed and raised up on the third day. So this prophecy was fulfilled in 
all these verses on the slides. And starting in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1, if you want to turn there, I'll give you, uh, give you a little minute to, to go ahead and turn to Matthew 28, verse 1. And this is the order that we're going to be going through here. So, uh, everybody's got their Bibles, I guess, I hope. (laughs) All right, Matthew 28, verses 1 through 10. Now, after the Sabbath, as it began to dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like lightning, his clothing as white as snow. The guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who has been crucified." He is not here, for he has risen, just as he said. Come see the place where he was lying. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going ahead of you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. And they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy, and ran to report it to his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and greeted them and he came up and took hold of his they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him and Jesus said to them do not be afraid go and take word to my brethren to leave for Galilee and there they will see me also in uh, if you want to turn to Mark chapter 16 beginning in verse 6 the angel at the empty tomb told Mary Magdalene and the other two who had come looking for Jesus, what had happened. So uh, Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 6. And he, Jesus, said to them, Do not be amazed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene. I'm sorry, it wasn't Jesus that said that. It was the angel. Do not be amazed, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who has been crucified. He has risen, and he is not here. Behold, here is the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had gripped them, and they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Now, after he had risen early on the first day of the week, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. And uh, skipping down to verse 12, after that he appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking along their way to the country. And for, verse 14 after he, afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves as they were reclining at the table, and he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. So these disciples have been evidently somewhat skeptical that Jesus would actually rise from the dead. This is even after spending a lot of time with him and witnessing his many miracles. But now they are sure. 
So somewhere I think it said, blessed is those who have not seen but still believe. Okay, a few more references to the resurrection. Uh, Go back to Matthew chapter 16, verse 21. I know there's a lot of Bible references here, but then it is Bible study. So Matthew chapter 16, verse uh, 21. And then we'll be staying in Matthew for a little bit of time. So, from that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised up on the third day. And in Matthew uh, 17, Jesus said to them, I'm sorry, Matthew 17, verse 23, verse 22. Jesus said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him, and he will be raised on the third day. And they were deeply grieved. In Matthew chapter 20, a few pages over, chapter 20, verse 17. As Jesus was about to go up to Jerusalem, he took the twelve disciples aside by themselves, and on the way he said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered to the chief priests and scribes, and they will condemn him to death, and will hand him over to the Gentiles to mock and scourge and crucify him. On the third day he will be raised up. So I know this is some of this is repetitive, but I, I wanted to show that You know, it's in a lot of different places where this was talked about, the resurrection. So uh, everyone really should have been able to expect expect it. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, There there was evidence that Jesus had risen from the dead also in a number of scriptures that fulfill the prophecy. And uh, in John chapter 2, verse 22, Gospel of John Chapter 2, verse 22. So that there can, there can be no question. John two twenty two. So when he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had spoken. And John chapter 21, verse 14. This is now the third time that Jesus was manifested to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So we're going to look at some verses in Acts that testify to Christ's resurrection. Go to Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Verses 38 through 41. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. 
Acts 10.38, you know, you know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses of all the things he did, both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They also put him to death by hanging him on a cross. God raised him up on the third day and granted that he become visible, not to all the people, but to witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God, that is, to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. And a couple pages over to Acts chapter thirteen twenty nine. Acts thirteen twenty nine. When they had carried out all that was written concerning him, they took him down from the cross and laid him in a tomb. But God raised him from the dead. And for many days he appeared to those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, the very ones who are now his witnesses to the people. So this is where evangelism comes in. All these witnesses couldn't wait to spread the news that Jesus is alive after being crucified. Even today, it is a powerful tool that proves that Jesus is our God and Savior. Go to um, First Corinthians fifteen three through six. I don't know why I have Colossians up there. Okay, First Corinthians fifteen three. I don't know. I might have, I might have confused this a little bit. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures and that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve and after that he appeared to more than 500 brethren at one time most of whom remain until now but some have fallen asleep so some of them had died Through the death on the cross and resurrection of Christ, God provides the following to us, among many other things. A new life in Christ, where sin's power is broken, and sin can no longer control us and hold us in bondage. As we read in Romans 6.3, and I put that up on the slides. I know some of you are probably listening and not watching, so... I should probably go a little slow because you can't look at the slides. So, um, anyway, Romans chapter, chapter 6, verse 3, and we're going to go all the way through verse 7. But um, verse 3, Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? So believers are placed in Christ by God, through the baptism by the Holy Spirit that happens at the moment of faith in Christ. In Romans 6, 4, Therefore, because we have been baptized into his death, therefore we have been buried with him through baptism into death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead 
through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin for he who has died is free from sin. A new nature. We receive a new nature. We can now share life with Christ through the resurrection. Our old sin nature is dead and we have a new changed life in God. Well, we're continuing in Romans chapter 6, verse 8 through 11. Romans 6, 8. Hopefully you're still in Romans from verse 7. So, Romans 6, 8. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. And uh, 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4. See, all these things are related to the resurrection. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises, so that by them you may become partakers of the d- divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. And we receive a new freedom. The resurrection proclaims victory over death. We are no longer bound by sin and can give ourselves freely to God. We are free to choose our master, Christ, over sin. In Romans 6.14, For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? And to reiterate verse 7 again, Verse 7 tells us that we are free from slavery to sin because we are identified with Christ in his death. So I'll read Romans 6, 7 again. For he who has died is freed from sin. Okay, so through faith that God's word is true, we can accept Romans eight sixteen and 17, which says... The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, 
heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, we share in his sufferings in order that we also may share in his glory. Through Christ's resurrection, it is possible for us to become joint heirs with him. What an awesome gift. This means that we too can defeat eternal death and be resurrected with a new life and spiritual body when our physical body dies. And Paul writes of Abraham giving glory to God for the seemingly impossible blessing of Isaac. Romans 4, verse 21 through 25. I'll give you a minute, those who, they are up on the slides. No, I guess they're not. Okay, turn to Romans 4, 21. And being fully assured what God had promised, he, God, was also able to perform meaning that Abraham had faith in God that his promise would come true. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. Now, not for his sake only was it written that it was credited to him, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited, as those who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. So the power of the resurrection operates in our lives when we face a terrible situation such as severe injury, illness, or death. As we see in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8. So turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 8 through 10. For we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction which came to us in Asia, that we were burdened excessively beyond our strength, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves so that we would not trust in ourselves but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from so great a peril of death and will deliver us, he on whom we have set our hope and he will yet deliver us. So Charles Spurgeon wrote about the resurrection The Lord Jesus suffered for the believer as his substitute, and virtually each saved one died in Christ who represented him. The believer rose in Christ by virtue of the eternal union which exists between the saint and his Savior. Therefore, the believer continues to live, for the Lord has said, Because I live, you also shall live, O my hearer. So if you are not in Christ... You have nothing. Out of Christ, you are in the the wilderness. With him, you're in paradise. In Christ, believers possess all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge and grace and power and love. All things are yours if you are Christ's. From our union to Christ follows our sanctification. We cannot follow after sin, for Christ does not follow after it. 
He died to sin once, and we are henceforth dead to it. He is risen by the glory of the Father, and we are risen with him into righteousness and acceptance and joy. So then it's promised to all believers that they will be resurrected just as Christ was resurrected. And we know when that will be at the rapture, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. So uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. First Corinthians six fourteen. Now God has not only raised the Lord, but will also raise us up through his power. And over in First Corinthians chapter fifteen, verses twenty through twenty two, just a couple pages ahead there. First Corinthians fifteen twenty, but now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who are asleep. For since by a man came death, by a man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, so also in Christ all will be made alive. So we know that. We all died in Adam, and through Christ we'll be all made alive and resurrected. And moving over to 1 Corinthians chapter fifteen forty-two, just a few verses down. So also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. And turn to 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 14. 2 Corinthians four fourteen, Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. And uh, let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. I know your fingers are going to be tired after today. Ephesians 2, chapter 4. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. The surpassing riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Wow, how about that? Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 4.
Colossians 3, beginning in verse 1. Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed to him in glory. And this is at the rapture when all believers will be face to face with Jesus and receive our resurrection bodies. <coughs> Turn to First Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 21. First Peter chapter 1, verse 18. And this is part of my favorite book in the Bible anyway, one of my favorites. Verse 18. Knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with the precious blood as of a lamb unblemished and spotless, the blood of Christ... For he was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but has appeared in these last times for the sake of you, who through him are believers in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. So what we understand from this, all this, is that God the Father in eternity past planned for Christ to be crucified to atone for the sins of mankind, and then resurrected and seated at the Father's right hand. And further, that all who trust in Christ will share in his death, resurrection, and session at the Father's right hand. And Jesus said about the resurrection, speaking to Martha in John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even if he dies. And everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? This was all determined by God in eternity past. As we see in Romans 8.29, For those whom he foreknew, believers... He also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, Jesus, who would be the firstborn among many brethren. And turning to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. There, yes, I'm sorry, it's up on the on the slides. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his great mercy has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to obtain an inheritance which is imperishable and undefiled and will not fade away, reserved in heaven for you.
So we share in his death by being dead to sin, and we share in his resurrection by our confidence in our own resurrection and eternal life. The results of resurrection of Christ pour across time. Its power changes our lives forever. Its impact will spread all the way to the end of the ages when God the Father has defeated all of his enemies. Because Christ lives, the scripture says, we will live also. Indeed, in an instant, in the twinkling of an eye, we shall be transformed into physical resurrected bodies like unto his resurrected body. So as Christians, we are called to look up to Jesus and ahead to his coming at the rapture. Keep your mind filled with the fact that he is alive and will keep, it will come for us one day in the future to bring us to him. So my good friend and chief estimator, Paul Rokum, had a little reminder taped on his computer that said, Klujix, K-L-U-J-I-C-S, which means, keep looking up, Jesus is coming soon. And that's good news. So as we close our service today, if anyone has not yet believed in Christ as your personal Savior, now is the time to make that decision. We know that we cannot earn or deserve salvation or eternal life, as Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tells us. For it is by grace you are saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, and not of works, so that no one may boast. And John in chapter 6, verse 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life. And I myself will raise him up on the last day. For, and John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him, shall not perish, but have eternal life. So, God has made salvation so simple that all you have to do is tell God, I believe that Jesus died on the cross to save me from my sins, was resurrected by God, and trust him as my Lord and Savior. So, Lighthouse Bible Church is a grace ministry and is supported by gifts from believers who desire to support the teaching of God's word. We don't ask for pledges of money, and we don't pass the plate. But our ministry does have needs, such as uh, salary for the pastor, building expenses, utilities, missionary support, and a number of other things. So keep that in your thoughts and prayers, and if God puts it on your heart to help support this ministry, please mail a check or donate online. And uh, there's the websites up on the slides. www.lbible.org So let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for allowing us to worship you and study your word today. And we ask that you bless us with your loving grace and answer our prayers as we leave today. 
Help us keep the confidence in the blessings we have in Christ at the forefront of our mind when we are experiencing struggles and disappointments. We pray for the continued healing of Pastor John, for our church family, our community, our country, and all who are suffering. We pray for everyone impacted by the virus that a solution and recovery will be swift. And we also, Father, thank you and worship you for the wonderful news of the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.